This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam. I'm your host, and I'm delighted to be joined once again by Dr. Richard Blackaby. Well, I'm glad that it's still a delight for you, Sam. So far, so far, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, these 200-plus podcasts, yeah. and, uh, you know, we've we're, it's still a delight. So. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, along the way, you've, you've taken your jabs, but... Uh, <laughs> well, I've, I've, likewise. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I try. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I try to let... Uh, you know, not let those get to me too much. and uh, <laughs> That's part of being a son-in-law. Well, you know. It's, it just uh, comes with the territory. Yeah, likewise for being a father-in-law. So, <laughs> um, But I think uh, I think it's important. Uh, and, and we've actually even, it's funny, I, you know, we've had people even uh, comment before, uh, you know, that you sort of take some, some pot shots uh, <laughs> at me, which is which is funny because it's, you know, I don't think I've ever once lost sleep over any of your uh, digs. Because they're, they're uh, always true. Well, well, because they don't they don't matter. You know, in the grand scheme of things, it does it doesn't really matter. Um, but I think I think uh, you know I, what other people maybe perceive as as you know being rude or, or whatever. You know, I know where it comes from, and 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 I you know I just. It, it, it's never once bothered me, okay. um, and uh, I think that's that's not always the case, though. Some yeah. sometimes, you know, uh, people say things in jest or, you know, maybe carelessly, and uh, th- those sometimes those things sting. And uh, if we're not careful, um, the the words that people say to us can can really leave some some deep wounds. Yeah. That's true, Sam, and I want to talk about that today. I've kind of sort of titled this maybe, you know, a, a heart of a dove, a skin, the skin of a rhino, and <laughs> and we've touched on this before, but I think it's just such a common leadership issue of anytime you're in the trenches, anytime you're dealing with people, uh, you're going to have your critics, you're going to have your opponents, uh, people trying to undermine you, and uh, if you don't guard your heart, your heart's going to become hardened and cynical and negative and at the same time the way to guard your heart is to have a thick skin and sometimes that's easier to say that you know to say than to to actually do because uh we're human and it matters to us when people uh say unkind things and uh and attack us and of course yeah as you say it's funny because we i think quite a ways back we had someone comment that they thought you know boy richard you were Really taking Sam to task, and like I, I, I showed that to you, and we were both racking our brains. Like, when, when was that? Like, I don't remember that. Yeah. Where, it's like, uh, you know, what was just sort of repartee on our part. <laughs> Someone was listening to, and thought, "Whoa, Richard must have had a bad day. Or, you know, must have been accidentally drunk decaf instead of the yeah. real thing." But, uh, and so you know, obviously, you want to watch uh, how you come across, but, uh, uh, but also, I think it. it yeah, it, it makes a difference. Um, if if someone else perhaps had said some of the same things, you might have been offended and thought, who are they to say that? But mm-hmm. if you know the guy's heart, you know that he loves you, you know that they'd be mortified if they actually had hurt you in some way, Yeah. then you, you, you read, you, you accept those lines entirely differently. And so I want to talk just a little bit about that because I love when I come across a leader who's been in the trenches for years and they still can tear up when they think about the people they work with. And they, you, yeah. can, you can tell that 
they really love what they do. They love the people they do it with. They they love how they've been able to serve God. Um, and they still have a tender heart after all these years, maybe of working in corporate America or, or working in the church. Um, and, and yet, at the other hand, uh, it's not like they haven't had their attacks, uh, but they have developed that kind of thick skin that just, it just bounces off. You know, they just don't take it personally. And so, uh, so I want to talk a little bit about that. And I've shared before, uh, uh, uh an experience I had, uh, at when I was a seminary president and won't get into all the details, except that at a certain point at a very big, uh, uh, important banquet that we would have each year, a prominent leader in our denomination got up and basically kind of slammed me, just said some things that were mostly just careless and uh, un, un, unthought out, but they they were quite insulting. And basically, uh, in essence, he just said, after I had been there five years, that he couldn't think of a solitary good thing I'd done, <laughs> which was... <laughs> Which was ludicrous, uh, because even where he was, he was saying that in a brand new building that had been built since I'd been there. I mean, you know, we just, we just looked around and said, "Well, where we're sitting? These, this furniture, this facility didn't exist five years ago." But so, I mean, it, on on its face, it was obvious that what he was saying couldn't possibly be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it was like, "But, but after all I've done, how could you even joke about that? How could you even?" think that that would be funny to to try to insinuate that after five years of some of the hardest work and really the most fruitful work I'd ever done, that he is joking about the fact that um, no one could think of any contribution I made. And and I just didn't have a thick enough skin that day. I think I was kind of tired and I I was perhaps in a, a little bit of a vulnerable spot at the time, but I didn't have the thick skin I should have had. And I remember going away and really being just taking it hard and take and I knew I was taking it too hard but I just didn't have the skin for it and uh and I remember not long after that I had a very lucrative uh job inquiry someone that came wanting to hire me for a job that would have paid me a lot more money than I was making and uh would have had a lot of perks to it and and I normally probably I wouldn't have been you know I would have dismissed it but my hurt feelings at the time uh, caused me to want to, you know, be be interested yeah. and tell me more. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, uh, and I, I ultimately did turn it down, but I, I did feel very. Attra- I mean, it was it was an attractive job, so I mean, you, uh, you know, I, I would have been interested just because it was a, a great opportunity, but, but it left it made me vulnerable, and in a sense that kind of scared me because I thought. You know what? If I if I don't have a thick skin, then I might get vulnerable some other way. You know, what if uh, what if my wife says something that hurts my feelings, and I go to work and there's some flirtatious female there? Like, you know, I better just I better develop a thick skin so that whatever comes my way, I'm not bouncing back and reacting mm. in some foolish, destructive way. Uh, I better just be able to take things in stride because if I'm going to lead, it's inevitable that this is going to happen. So uh, a couple, and there, by the way, there's an interesting passage. I, I won't take time to read it all right now, but Second um, Samuel chapter 16, verses 5 to 12, uh, Absalom has uh, launched a civil war against uh, David. And we, we talked a bit about that recently. But uh, as David is having to flee the city with his 
handful of loyal uh, soldiers and subjects, uh, a man named Shimei, he uh, is from uh, King Saul's relatives and, of course, resents David for kind of wiping out a bunch of his relatives and, and, and uh, fighting. He, I mean, David never fought against King Saul, but he fought against Saul's son. And, uh, and so Shimei just starts to uh, insult him and, and say to him, uh, yeah, look at you. You you overthrew my, you know, Saul and his family, and now look at your son is overthrowing you, and you deserve it, and you're a man of bloodshed, and so sure enough, bloodshed's come on your head, and uh, just and he's throwing stones at David and his people, and and David's got some mighty men with him, and Abishai always I always kind of like him. He's always kind of there at David's ha- right hand, and we've talked about him before. Uh, but he, uh, he turns to David and he says, that's, you know, dog, like, let me just take his head off and, and silence him. And David says something kind of interesting. He just says, just leave him alone. Maybe this may be from God. Uh, David knows he's being humbled. Uh, David knows that, uh, he's not done everything right. And, but then David says, uh, but if, if perhaps God will vindicate me. And they, now, of course, David's got a bunch. When you got a bunch of mighty men, you you can vindicate yourself. You can yeah. just say, "Go kill that guy." But even though David could have done that, I, I mean, when, when you're at your lowest point in your life, the last thing you want is someone laughing at you along the way, saying, "You deserve everything you get," and yeah, it couldn't happen to a better guy. And, yeah, or, or poking at all your vulnerabilities already. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's already painful enough, and then this guy's just jumping on, but. Uh, but David, in that moment, said, "No, I'm going to let God prove, you know, my me right." And uh, which is a hard thing because he could have proved his rightness on his own. Yeah. And so he just keeps on going. And so what you see with David, of course, David has a tender heart. You you read some of his psalms and his love for God and his desire to worship God with all of his heart, and you know that he's got a tender heart. He's a musician. He writes all these songs about his love for God, um, but but he's also been um, a, a soldier, and he's he's faced all kinds of verbal assaults and physical assaults, uh, and so you know as I look at how David handled that, of course, what's going to happen is that David will ultimately win that war, will defeat uh, his enemies, he will return as king once again, and David. Uh, doesn't do anything to Shimei, even though it's he's been proven to be right. But as David is dying, he's going to say to Solomon, his son and, and successor, he's going to tell Solomon, hey, Shimei really did me wrong back then. Uh, make sure you kind of take care of him. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure what that says about David, but, uh, uh, but essentially uh, Solomon t- says to Shimei, uh, okay, just stay on your farm. As long as you stay on your farm, I'll let you live. You ever leave your farm, you ever go anywhere, and you're a dead man. And so one day he leaves his farm and he ultimately finds out that Solomon was true to his word. Hmm. Uh, and he dies at the hands of Solomon's henchmen. But uh, but so David, you know, I, I looked at that and I thought, well, so how does he handle that? And he does a couple of things. Um, one is he... Uh, one thing I would just say is don't be surprised when attacks come, verbal attacks, criticisms come. Uh, if you're leading, it's going to happen. 
it, yeah. if, if you do anything, there's going to be some naysayer, some uh, armchair expert who's going to have had a, a, an opinion that they could do it. They would have done it entirely differently. And, you know, I've had to, you have to really guard your heart, but it's, it's interesting to me sometimes because I've had people that, you know, I might be leading the entire organization and here's somebody in a way, way down line who is certain that they know, even only having maybe, you know, 5% of the information <laughs> that you had, but they're, they're sure that you've done it wrong and they would have done it entirely differently. And you think to yourself, if you were that brilliant of a leader, you probably wouldn't be in the job you're in now, but you're, yeah. <laughs> but you, so, but why would you let some voice like that get in your, under your skin? And, you know, why would you start to let them get in your head where it, it even mattered what they criticized you for, that you didn't just brush it off, just let it bounce off you? Um, and so, you know, that's one thing. It's just, just know what's going to happen. And, you know, I, I think, secondly, you, you need to certainly evaluate the source of the criticism, the yeah. attacks. You know, I, I think maybe, David, when, when this... Uh, one of Saul's relatives is attacking him. I mean, I think David probably realizes, well, we did kill off a number of his relatives and, <laughs> and we did, they all were thinking that they'd be the royal family for a long time and they lasted just one generation. And so I, I get it that they're upset. And of course, they're out of line the way they're talking to me, but I, I, I can, you know, you're, you're sort of evaluating the source and you're saying, uh, if I were them, maybe I'd be upset too, but I'll, I'll let it go. And that, that, that has often helped me uh, when I begin to evaluate where is this guy coming from and uh, why is he so upset? And he's certainly overstating the case, but uh, I, I get it that he's upset or whatever. Um, and a third thing is just, um, just remember that your leadership is not about you. It's not, you know, you're being criticized, but don't ever let it become about you. Uh, your, your job is to lead your organization to become all that God intends for it to be. Uh, it is not for you to be celebrated, for, for people to always think the best of you. And so uh, if, if the attacks are just about you, uh, then you realize, okay, well, but how's the organization doing? If the organization is mm -hmm. doing well, if sales are up, if, our, if we're achieving our purpose, uh, if we're advancing forward and, and meeting our goals, then does it really matter if I'm taking some on the chin? Um, you know, that, that is part of, of leading an organization. And so if, if it all becomes about you, though, and I've known people that literally the whole mission of the organization got hijacked as someone was trying to protect their own reputation. And, uh, and, and it, it begins to be all about the leader, not about the organization. And yeah. so... I think you have to just be careful to say, listen, if, if it's harming somehow the organization, well, I may have to address this. But if it's just people attacking me, just taking pot shots, I, I've got to get a thick enough skin to realize, hey, that's, that comes with the territory. Yeah, well, let's take a quick break here and we'll wrap up in just a minute. Christ loves the church with an infinite, eternal love that is beyond our comprehension. Unfortunately, the church often doesn't function in a way that Christ intended Many Christians fail to understand that God's ways are not their ways, and when we attempt to do God's work the world's way, the results are dissatisfying and even damaging. When a church seeks a new pastor, they stand at a crossroads. How that decision is handled will determine the church's future. Your Next Pastor is a guide that was written to help you seek your next pastor in ways that both protect the health of the church 
and give great hope and blessings for the future. Pick up your copy today at blackabystore.org. Links will be in the show notes. Well, nobody likes to be uh, uh, criticized, and it's it's always a hard thing, uh, it seems like, uh, to listen to criticism of yourself. But uh, as we've seen, it's, uh, it's best not to uh, try and vindicate yourself. And I think... Uh, Something that really makes this stand out to me, at least, is when you see people who are sort of have pot shots taken at them online on social media. Oh, yeah. And uh, the best thing to do is to ignore those. But if you don't ignore those, like it just is infinitely worse when you try and wade in and say, well, yeah, but wait a second, you know, that's not true. And yeah. let me like just let that go. And uh, so I think it's important uh, to remind ourselves that that uh, not all criticism is the same, and, and to, to have that thick skin when it comes to criticism. So maybe as we wrap up, uh, what are some other ways that we can develop that rhinoceros skin uh, <laughs> that you so mentioned in the beginning? Yeah, I, I think uh, you know maybe a fourth thing is just to realize that God does allow humbling circumstances. I, there are so many things about being a leader that can foster our pride. Yeah. Uh, that I think we kind of, it's almost like if all God gave us was a gas pedal, we'd be just going way too, you know, out of control. <laughs> yeah. And so there's also those humbling situations that come along that are kind of like the break. They just sort of keep our, our foot on reality a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, I think that we, we kind of need to remain humble. And, and so now and then those comments can uh, just kind of keep our feet on the ground. Sometimes God uses our spouses to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd say oftentimes. Yeah, just, it doesn't take much for uh, my wife, uh, and I, I know your wife, I raised her, so I know <laughs> I, that uh, she can make a comment that, you know, just takes that air out a little bit, which some, we, we need now and then. So, yeah. um, so sometimes I think God just lets that happen. If all we ever got was praise, if everybody just always just went on and on and on about how wonderful we were, uh, we'd be very vulnerable. And yeah. so even if it's not justified, even if it's not true, I think sometimes those attacks are just, a, you can maybe kind of value some of those. I, I, you you want to be careful. I, I know people that feel like... Uh, it's almost a, a badge of honor that they're always being attacked and criticized. It's like, I must be doing something right. All these people hate my guts, you know. I, yeah. I, or or not, you could be doing something wrong. Yeah, and that's why so everybody I'm, I'm cautious you. about that. But, yeah. uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, I, you can embrace some of that and say, I know why a loving God might just allow some of this. It keeps me humble. Yeah. Uh, and I've also found, just kind of like you alluded to with uh, social media, um, it, it, it's bad enough when maybe someone attacks you, but it usually only makes it worse if you attack back, if, yeah. you, if you try to defend yourself. If, you, if you're being trolled on social media and you try to enter into a, you know, a, a hearty debate, <laughs> it's just yeah. typically... Good, good luck. You know, typically. <laughs> I mean, there are some people now and then that will kind of be genuinely asking a question or wanting something clarified and uh, if i feel like that that's more what it is i might answer but if it's just clearly a troll if it's just clearly someone looking to somehow just engage someone in a conversation yeah. uh, debate and it it, it elevates them uh, that you even noticed them and cared about what they had to say yeah you know and i think um there will always be more critics than there are creators you know and yeah. i think not even just and, and, you know, I guess you could say being creative is, is a form of leadership, but you're, you're putting something out there that you have 
you know, you've put your name on, whether that's leading an organization, creating work of art, whatever. And anytime you do that, there's just there, there's just the, the ratio of critics to creators or critics to leaders is always going to be such that there's just, you know, by definition, people are going to have something negative to say about it. And so yeah. just to keep that in mind as well. Yeah. And I, and I found over the years, uh, people that really were critical of what I did. I'll tell you what, uh, in large, large part, just kind of there. There were a number of times I, I really wanted to enter into a debate and set the record straight yeah. and point out some of their shortcomings, which of which there were many. But it it never edifies. It it never really resolves the issue. And I just found that so much of the time, uh, just better to let it go, especially if it's focused on you. You know, and like I said, if it's harming the organization, that's one thing. If it's really just an attack on how you lead and your motives and so on, uh, let it go. And I I've just as I've looked back at, at times, I've kind of. I don't do this often, but just start to reflect back on over the years. Who were those voices that just really got into my skin, that said some things that were unkind? And, uh, you know, the vast percentage of the time, those folks, you, you don't hear, you don't even see them anymore. Like, they're, yeah. they're gone. Like, they, they, they were just a fleeting kind of a voice uh and they're, they're not even in the job anymore they're you, you don't even know where they are they they failed in their roles they, they weren't successful themselves of course if you're if your greatest strength is your ability to criticize others that's not really something to build uh, yeah. a, a career on uh and so you know i i look back and i think I, I couldn't even tell you where most of my critics of the past even are today they're just gone they're they're not there in the field anymore so you know, why would I spend a bunch of energy on that if time will just kind of settle that anyway? And and for all the things I was criticized for, God continues to bless. I'm just so grateful that God keeps on using me and my ministry, my leadership. And uh, and so that's all I need to worry about is, well, what does God want me to do? And not what does my critic say today? How do I need to respond to him today? So don't don't get derailed. I think that's just one of the worst things that can happen to people is when their critic uh, hijacks their leadership role, their yeah. mission, and pulls them out of the saddle. And now instead of riding forward where God wanted them to go, they're in a, a mudslinging fight somewhere. And they have settled for much less uh, for their leadership than they should have. And the last one is just, we've, we've kind of alluded to, but just but just trust in God's vindication. Uh, at the end of the day, if you really are in the right, God has a way over time of making that obvious, that who was really in the right, who wasn't in the right, and let God do that. And so, you know, certainly, I think if you can kind of develop some of those uh, practices, your skin is certainly going to get thicker, and, yeah. you're, and it's not going to affect you as much. Uh, and just for maybe in the closing moments, uh, just realize too, though, that you you want a thick skin, but you also want a tender heart. And yeah. one of the ways I think you get a tender heart is you keep your eyes on God, and you let Him take the blows instead of you. And there's a there's a wonderful psalm that I think leaders need to read now and then, and especially if you're going through a hard time. And it's uh, Psalm 31. And let me just let me just read some of those verses for you. I, there's just times, I think, if you feel like you're being assailed, uh, second-guessed, uh, that, that what God says is sometimes, don't just charge out there to fight all your critics. 
but come into God's fortress, come into God's refuge, and just let them clo- let God kind of close the drawbridge and just just abide in Him. Just mm. just find yourself in Christ and find your your peace there. And it doesn't mean that the enemies aren't outside; they might still hate you and dislike you and disagree with you. But once you're in in the fortress of God then he takes the blows and uh and now that's his problem and you just rest uh rest in god and i i think maybe there's some listeners who probably just need to hear that today just i know you're stressed i know you're anxious and to rest in god and so psalm 31 says lord i seek refuge in you and notice he doesn't say from you don't don't give me refuge god but be my refuge god is your fortress he is your refuge let me never be disgraced Save me by your righteousness. Listen closely to me. Rescue me quickly. Be a rock of refuge for me, a mountain fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. You lead and guide me for your name's sake. You will free me from the net that is secretly set for me. For you are my refuge. Into your hand I entrust my spirit. Now you recognize that phrase. Yeah. Uh, isn't that interesting about the last thing Jesus said was quoting from this psalm? Mm. Uh, and he said, you have redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. I hate those who are devoted to worthless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will, I will rejoice and be glad. That's a, obviously, that's a choice he makes. Yeah. I'll be glad in your faithful love because you have seen my affliction. You know the troubles of my soul and have not handed me over to the enemy. You set my feet in a spacious place. Uh, and so he's saying, God, I, I know that you know what's going on in my life. You see the attacks, and I'm just leave, I, I can trust you with that. I, I trust that you'll take care of it. And you've taken me and put me in a, in a, a safe place, uh, a good place. Uh, be gracious to me, Lord, because I'm in distress. My eyes are worn out from frustration. My whole being as well. Indeed, my life is consumed with grief and my years with groaning. My strength has failed. Verse 11 says, I am ridiculed by all my adversaries and even by my neighbors. I am dreaded by my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street run from me. I'm forgotten, gone from memory like a dead person, like broken pottery. I've heard the gossip of many. Terror is on every side. When they conspired against me, they plotted to take my life. Uh, it sounds pretty, pretty pretty uh, troubling at this point. It's a pretty dark place. Yeah. Uh, but he says, but I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. The course of my life is in your power. Rescue me from the power of my enemies and from my persecutors. Make your face shine on your servant. And that's, of course, in the, in the Old Testament especially. If God chooses to shine his face upon you, that means he's smiling upon you. He's pleased with you. And, and as long as God is pleased with you, it matters not what others think of you. Save me by your faithful love. Lord, uh, do not let me be disgraced when I call on you. Let the wicked be disgraced. Let them be quiet in shield. Okay, he's getting a little harsh there, but, <laughs> but what he's, he's doing is he's saying, God, I'm leaving their punishment uh, and my vindication with you. Let lying lips that arrogantly speak against the righteous in proud contempt be silenced. How great is your goodness that you have stored up for those who fear you and accomplished in the sight of everyone for those who take refuge in you. You hide them in the protection of your presence. You conceal them in a shelter from human schemes, from quarrelsome tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has wondrously shown his faithful love to me. 
in a city under siege. And some of you are going to feel like you are under siege right now. In my alarm, I said, I am cut off from your sight. But you heard the sound of my pleading when I cried to you for help. Love the Lord, all his faithful ones. The Lord protects the loyal, but fully repays the arrogant. Be strong and let your heart be courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. Uh, yeah, there are just times where you just need some of those psalms uh, yeah. to just say, Lord, that that's what I need. I need a refuge right now. And I'm just not going to wear myself out just trying to constantly fight against everybody who's got something negative, critical to say about me. And, you know, if you'll do that, if you'll keep your heart upon God, then uh, you will, you, you can protect your heart from growing cynical and negative, critical. Uh, your skin needs to be thick, but your heart needs to be soft. Mm-hmm. And so find a way, don't, don't get it reversed where your heart is uh, hard <laughs> and your, your skin is, is soft. Uh, make I think sure that's you, the default, I think, for a lot of folks. Yeah. That's the, that's the tendency. Yeah. So keep a thick skin, a soft heart. If you can do that uh, over the years as a leader, you'll find that uh, you'll have many wonderful relationships that you'll develop, many people you'll, you'll love and that will love you. But uh, your thick skin will have just kind of not been uh, uh, victimized by the inevitable comments and criticisms and attacks that come when someone tries to lead. All right. Well, thank you for walking us through this, Richard. Thanks for taking the time and, and just this uh, another great reminder for all of those who lead. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.